You talking to me? It's a good week for horror, and it's a good week for Oscar. Welcome. This is the Screening Room Podcast. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we are from MadWolf.com. And yes, it is Oscar week. Exciting. Exciting. Always love this time of year. And uh, we will get to that. We will have our picks, our will wins, our should wins uh, here on the podcast. Uh, but we want to focus on some new releases. And it's a pretty good week. And that is so wildly uncommon for the end of February. Yeah, but uh, we'll start off with the debut as a writer-director for one half of Key and Peele, Jordan Peele. It's a young African-American man visiting his Caucasian girlfriend's mysterious family estate in Get Out. Mom and Dad, my black boyfriend will be coming up this weekend. I just don't want you to be shocked that he's a black man. <laughs> I ain't never seen you like this before, bro. Meeting families, taking road trips. Don't come back all bougie, man. Come back, get your damn pants up to your damn stomach. <laughs> so how long has this been going on, this, this thing? <laughs> we hired Georgina and Walter to help care for my parents. When they died, I couldn't bear to let them go. So look, I go do my research. Apparently, a whole bunch of brothers been missing in this suburb. But it's cool. Bro, how you not scared of this, man? Couldn't see no brother around here. Get out. Sorry, man. Get out! Yo! <laughs> Bros, we gotta go. Is everything okay? Bros, the keys. Just get the keys. I don't know where they are. Bros! Well, the appeal, of course got famous from their sketch comedy show, which is hilarious. Hilarious. Uh, but then last year, you know, they went to the, the full narrative route with Keanu, which I thought was pretty darn good. Yeah. It, it wasn't, it didn't hold together completely, but boy, it had some moments of hilarity. But it did show that their transition from sketch to full feature narrative was pretty smooth. Yeah. And this one just really kicks it up a notch. It's just Jordan Peele by himself here, writing and directing. And I enjoyed the heck out of this. I really did. I really, I, I agree with you. And uh, and one of the things that I love is the way he toys with, uh, he obviously is a fan of horror. Yeah. Even, even, just the, even just the phrase, get out. Yeah. He takes so many treasured and well-worn you know, little gimmicks, little, yep. st- little you know, tropes from horror, and he, and he just turns them around in the most fascinating way to tell a story that is really very alarming in in the sort of societal hysteria that it depicts yeah it, it's he's able to do it like you said by honoring some homages of horror little winks and nods in some instances but at the very base of this doing something that really hasn't been done he he takes one of the most well-worn horror tropes the final girl mm-hmm. and turns it on its head and makes the final girl, quote unquote, a young man of color, and then just that—that that in itself is a. It really, it's amazing that it hasn't been done before. Because yeah. when you look at any society, you, you can look back, and and see the social anxieties of a time in history by the horror movies. Yeah, you absolutely you know. can. It's you, a perfect mirror. Oh, no, you can. Going back to you know the the big example that's often used is the Godzilla movies, which right. came which came out of absolutely. the. You know, the War uh, and the nuclear atomic bomb, atomic bomb yeah. things like that, and there's a and a bunch of them. I know you know them really more, even more, or you're more well versed in that area than not than I am. But you know, with such racial strife, you know, going back to the entire entire civil rights era, it's kind of amazing that we haven't seen a movie at least attempt this before. Uh, that I, I'm not aware that they have the the opening sequence 
is is one of the best, you know, uh, almost every horror movie starts with its own zinger, right? The opening, right before the opening credits. And some films do it spectacularly. It follows, for example, I love, this is one of the best that I have seen in years. It's really good. And it it's one of those, like like we've been saying, the whole movie does. It honors the genre while there's an undercurrent underneath of something very, very serious. And yeah. he's he's really taking, he he's a bit fearless yeah. in in the way he goes about this and in in a way it's it's very audacious thing to do and to attempt especially in your first feature. Yeah, but the thing about it is if, if that were all it was, it wouldn't work. Right. But it does work as a highly entertaining, often very not often, often enough, very funny. Yes. But it's not a horror comedy, no. don't get us wrong. Exactly. But it's got some really funny moments to it. But it is a very effective it is a very effective horror film. It is. And as you said, it's funny in parts, but yeah, I would not call it a horror comedy. And also he just calls BS all over the place on this. And I yeah. and I love it. You yeah. know, from from very blatant prejudice to that casual racism that oh is oh so, you know, uh, oh I'm not racist, but yeah. those sort of things to cultural appropriation and all of that. And he does it in, in just the smartest way that still just calls BS on the whole thing yeah. and still manages to make the story very entertaining and tense. I, I would call it this movie more tense than scary. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I agree with you. It has some moments and it has some blood yeah. and it has some satisfying twists, mm-hmm. um, especially if you know your horror movies, you right. will recognize some things. Yeah. But, uh, but it's tense. And it has some fine performances. Daniel Kaluuya, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, who plays Chris, uh, the African American man who goes home to uh, visit the family. His his girlfriend is Allison Williams from Girls. Mm. And then he gets to this. It's a big estate, this sprawling estate. And Bradley Whitford is the dad. Catherine Keener. Catherine is the Keener's mom. the mom. And she might seem like a weird choice for a horror movie, but she has actually done a couple, and she's she's spectacular yeah. in this as she always is. And she's always good. So the performances are strong. The writing is strong. Direction is strong. And just what he's what he's got going. It, it's it's entertaining all the while that it's paying off on these risks that it's taking. Right. And uh, it's yeah, I think it's going to do quite well. Yeah, I really do. There's a lot of excitement here. It's getting a lot of great reviews from us included. So a big recommendation for Jordan Peele's Get Out. And uh, another, we're talking about Oscar, and we'll get to our picks for the Oscar, but our next movie is one of the Oscar-nominated animated features that might have fallen under the radar because it's not Disney and it's not Pixar, and it's called The Red Turtle. Technically speaking, it's actually a foreign film. Not that that would matter because it is dialogue-free. There's no dialogue in the entire movie. Um, It's a filmmaker working with Studio Ghibli that we all probably recognize primarily for... uh, Anime. Yeah, anime, Miyazaki Mm -hmm. films, things like this. And that's not what this is. Definitely not. It is beautiful. It's a story of a castaway uh, on an island, and every time he puts his raft together and uh, takes off, he gets just far enough and some unseen force from beneath busts his giraffe all to hell, and he has to swim back to shore. The third time it happens, he sees the menace, and it's this giant red turtle. And things go from there, and it's interesting in that you, because there are no words whatsoever, the entire film could very likely just be sort of the death throes of this man who maybe didn't survive the uh, shipwreck. I mean, it's, on the other hand, it could be a parable about about appreciating the life you have. I mean, there's so many ways to read it, but no matter how you look at it, it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Very moving, very touching, and I doubt it's going to beat Zootopia, but I'm glad to see it get a nomination. 
a little preview of our Oscar That's picks. Right. But yeah, I think you're right. As as good as really all the nominated films are in the animated category, Zootopia is probably going to take that one. And it was actually it was a little surprising when the nominations came out that both the Red Turtle and the other one, My Life as a Zucchini, mm-hmm. both uh, kept Finding Dory out of the out of the nominations, yeah. which you know I can't really argue with. I think Finding Dory was okay, but uh, not one of Pixar's strongest. It's just right. that they're usually so good That's true. that when you when they let down just a little bit, yeah. uh, so in a way it was kind of a kind of a nice surprise to see a couple others that maybe yeah. people wouldn't have gotten a chance to see. And it's nice that the Red Turtle is getting a wide release, so we'll see how it fares this weekend. Uh, and we're back to the horror genre for our next movie. A scientist and a teacher living in a dystopian future embark on a journey of survival with a special young girl named Melanie. It's the girl with all the gifts. Hello, Melanie. What am I? You're not like anything that's ever existed before. She did in here. She belongs to the program and she's vital. She's got a muzzle on her face and you're still afraid of her. Yeah, and you should be too. You can make a cure after me. I can. You can save everybody. This is the end of the world. I think probably everybody is, to a certain degree, tired of zombies right now. But here's two things. Number one, if Glenn Close, if six-time Oscar nominee and all-around acting badass Glenn Close wants to be in your zombie movie, you have to think to yourself, maybe this is we're seeing. But, and also, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but when you have a genre like that or, or a niche in the horror genre and you can find another mm-hmm. layer to mine, mm-hmm. that makes it almost even more impressive. Right. And that's what this movie exactly. does. Exactly, exactly. It's post-zombie apocalypse, and we're sort of holed up in this military compound where research is being done on the second generation. So basically it is the offspring of pregnant women who were infected. So it's, it's a fascinating concept right there. And much like Get Out, Cole McCarthy, who is the director, he touches on a lot of very common zombie film elements, pays homage where he needs to. you got a lot of Romero going on in here, but it's 28 days later. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it never feels derivative. What it feels like is a very natural progression of the zombie film. It does. And, and I think more than anything, uh, all of the performances, all of the performances are great, but especially the girl with all the gifts, the little girl named Melanie, who is played by Sania Nanua, who's, I don't know, 11, 12 years old. Fantastic. Spectacular, so, spectacular. So great. Just another young talent. Over the last five, six, seven years, we've seen so many of these very young kids make debuts that are just fantastic. Really able to shoulder an entire film. Yes. You know, and keep your attention. And it, and it requires quite a bit. Nimble performing. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, wow, she is just spectacular. Yeah. Glenn Close is great. And Gemma Arterton mm-hmm. is great. And uh, Patty Considine is great. I mean, and in a way, they play very typical, especially for the horror, for the, for the zombie genre. You know, you've got your researcher and you've got your military person. They play very typical characters, but they never feel that way. And it's just, it's fascinating to see where they took the genre in this to its really logical conclusion, yeah. startlingly logical, and, and they deliver some lines that just punch to the gut, and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe, yes. Yeah, course. they do. As you said, the performances are good. The characters are well drawn. There's a humanity about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Once, they get, once they get separated down to a, a, a small group, including the girl, that are off on their own trying to survive, 
there is there's a real humanity about it and some great visuals. Yeah. When they're trying to dodge the the infected who are in sort of a sleeping state. It's right. almost like a garden, mm. uh, which which comes into play later. So that <laughs> metaphor could be well well taken. But it leads to a I guess you'd call it a bit of a twist ending that does, as you say, it feels very natural. It feels almost to the point of, oh, why did I see that coming? Right, exactly. Because it does seem like if you're going to just keep the the zombie genre going, all right, let's. What's the next step? What's right. the next step? This would be. This seems like a very natural next step. Yep. And, Agreed. Uh, yeah, and like we said, it finds a it finds a new wrinkle in, in the genre, and I. I think we we both would uh, very much recommend this one, although it is bloody. Yes, I mean, uh, they eat some people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? This isn't one that you're going to like, get out where it's it's a horror film, but it's entertaining, and it's no, this was a horror movie. Yeah, this is a straight-up horror movie, and uh, I think it's based on a novel. It is. Is it not? Mm-hmm. And uh, Which I haven't read, but I bet it's great. Right, and the, um, the author, Mike Carey, he also adapted the screenplay, which may be one of the reasons why it turned out so well. Yeah, very well done. I'm not sure how wide of a release it's getting this week. Right. Uh, it's a bit wider than it has been in the last couple of weeks. Uh, they're just rolling it out. But hopefully, if it gets a strong reaction, that uh, they'll keep it uh, in, in wider release uh, as the weeks go along. But if it's in your area, highly recommend it, especially if you know the horror genre is your thing. Not It's not for everybody. People, some people just don't like that sort of thing, and okay. But if you do, this is definitely a good one, The Girl with All the Gifts. Turning to what's new on DVD, Blu-ray, streaming this good week. Stuff. We've got Yeah, some good stuff. We've got Manchester by the Sea, which we'll talk about in a minute because it's Oscar-nominated. Same with Hacksaw Ridge, so yep. both the recommendations there. Kind of a, I guess, a recommendation for nocturnal animals. Yes, I liked it very yeah, much. Yeah, I did too. I didn't like it as much as I thought I would, but that doesn't mean, I, I mean, I really did think it was a very strong film. Agreed, agreed. It's Tom Ford and a very, very stylish. It just was after his first film, A Single Man. So beautiful. So impressive. This one... It's it's almost like an it's an it's ambitious like too done too overdone an, an ambitious miss right I mean it's it's a story within a story which is hard to do sometimes and it features some great performances yep and it just almost got there but just comes up a little bit lacking but still worth seeing and that's Nocturnal Animals Bad Santa too is not worth seeing no um <laughs> I, you know Bad Santa yes all day every day Bad Santa too no no. Not not funny at all and a waste of time. So that's what's new on streaming and video. But as we said, the big news, Sunday night, it is the Oscars. And we want to run down quickly the should wins, the will wins types for the uh, for at least the big categories coming up on Sunday. Who's going to take home the hardware? Well, we already started a little bit. We talked about the animated feature yep. uh, with uh, the Red Turtle being nominated. And we don't think it's going to win. We both. Like Zootopia, we think it's going to win, and we think it should win. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, I think we agree Zootopia was one of the best films of 2016, and it's certainly the best movie Disney, Disney proper, has made in years. And, and it was one of the more socially relevant films I yes. saw last year, plus it was gorgeous, plus the vocal cast was spectacular. I, I loved Zootopia. Actually, if it were up to me, I would have had it Oscar-nominated for Best Film. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was one of my top movies of the year. Yeah, I would agreed. I would take out, say, a movie like Hidden Figures, although I liked Hidden or Figures. Or Ridge. Or Hacksaw Ridge. Like them, just not as well. I thought Zootopia was very good and should win and will win for Best Animated Feature. Uh, best Supporting Actress. It was nice this year to see the female categories so strong. Usually in the Oscar nominations, you first you look at diversity. And it's nice because I believe this year, the first, the year. first year ever that every acting category has a person of color. Nice. It is nice. And it's also nice. Yeah, and it's also about time. It is about time. 
some nice nominees this year. And also, it's nice to see both female categories so strong. Yes. Some great female roles this year. And yet, let me just bitch. I keep doing this, and here's why. So Viola Davis is going to win this category, and she's going to win for one of the absolute best performances I saw in, in any category all year long. The problem is it's the wrong category. Yeah. She's the lead she in the lead. this movie. Yep. So it makes me a little crazy that she's nominated <laughs> for Best Supporting. No, and I, also, the other sad thing is that means Michelle Williams can't win, even though she is the Best Supporting, yeah. if only because Viola Davis is the lead. Right, and I know uh, some people have a problem with Michelle Williams having such little screen time, but I, I don't. that doesn't bother me. I agree with you 100% with your Viola Davis argument. Michelle Williams should be winning this because hers is a supporting character, but she won't. Because if you're going to put Viola Davis in this category, she should win, and she will and she win. she will win. But the truth is, she should win Best Actress. That is right. That is absolutely right. So uh, moving to Best Supporting Actor, this this might be just about the strongest lock. Well, maybe Viola Davis is the strongest lock, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I think so. This would be the second strongest lock. And we are both looking at Mahershala Ali from Moonlight, a guy that even if you don't know the name, even if you haven't seen the movie yet, you'd see him. You know he's his face. Guy. He's a that he's guy. He's been in so many movies. Yeah. He was in. He was in several movies. Well, he's in Hidden Figures. Hidden Figures. He was in uh, the Free State of Jones. He was so yeah. good in the Free State of Jones. Played yeah. a guy named Moses. And he probably was in eight other movies, nine <laughs> TV shows this year. He's in everything. Yeah, and he won the the SAG mm-hmm. uh, when he gave that fantastic speech, by the way, at the SAG Awards. Um, but he should be working on another speech because I think he not only should win for Moonlight, his supporting role as the drug dealer slash mentor. Right. In but Moonlight, but win. I think he will win. And, and she, I remember, because you saw Moonlight before I did, and you loved it, and I mean, you were so moved by it, and you just couldn't wait for me to see it, but he, his was the performance that really was the standout for you. Yeah, and it's, it's tough to stand, because it's such a great ensemble. It really You, know, you have the, the main character being played by three different, three different actors. actors. All of whom are wonderful, and at different ages, the little boy is just as strong as the, the yeah. two older actors who played him. I mean, and then, they're all great. And then Naomi Harris, who yeah. is also, also Oscar-nominated yeah. for uh, the role as the main character's mother for Best Supporting Actress, uh, so she's nominated as well. So yeah, very strong ensemble, but he stands out, Mahershala Ali, and I think he definitely is going to win. A pretty strong, pretty strong bet for that. Uh, the Best Actress category, again, strong, so strong. When you think about people like Amy Adams was left out, you people like uh, Annette Bening for uh, 20th Century Women Rebecca left Hall. out. Rebecca Hall for Christine. Christine, so great, oh. so great. But, I mean, it is it is, a, it is an incredibly strong category. It was such a great year for female performances. Yeah. It really was. And I think that uh, the winner is probably close to being a lock, although I think the one that we think should win, Mike, I think this is a dark horse here. I agree. Isabel Huppert for the movie Elle. She, she won the Golden Globe. She did. Uh, which she wasn't in the category with Emma Stone because no. Emma Stone, they separate the musical or comedy right. uh, to get more winners in there. But I think she, sh- she should win it. She's deserving of it for an incredible performance. Just incredible. She really makes the movie work in a yes, movie that is hard to work. Yes. Um, she makes it. She's just incredible. But I think La La Land has so much momentum right now yeah. and emma stone for me it's not that she's bad she's not she's great oh she is um, great and she's the well, heart I mean, of we that should movie be clear everybody in this category yep. is great that's I mean, right you know it, it, it'd be hard to be disgruntled by any of the winners that's um, true and and you know when if and when emma stone we wouldn't begrudge her she was wonderful as she, you was. Said. she was she was she was she was the heart of the movie for me in a very magical movie it wouldn't have worked without her but i would give it to isabel Huppert if for most deserving so Best Actress, 
and in what is probably the tightest race. Yeah, boy. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I this absolutely, is tough to call. Yeah, this is this is without. <laughs> there's not even a close another race that is anything nearly this no, tight. No, best actor, especially after the SAG Awards, yeah. because. I think everyone, including Denzel Washington, well, as, as he said as he in said, his acceptance speech, I thought that young boy was going to win. So did everyone. The young boy being Casey Affleck from Manchester by the Sea, but Denzel won for Fences, and he was wonderful. He was wonderful. It's the same role that he won the Tony Award for mm-hmm. on stage, and so if he won, I would not be surprised at all. And, this I is mean, a, it's such a feat all the way around because he also directed. Yeah, he did. It's uh, and it's a great movie. Uh, another one that's nominated for for best film. But I just by the, I would say fifty one to forty nine right now. I You're think go Casey I Affleck? would go Casey Affleck. I, I, yeah. I waffle. I really do. <laughs> I, I, I you know it's like I change my mind every day. This is such a tight race. I would not complain either way. I think both of them are brilliant and in really very different performances. Oh, very much. But so. maybe I'm with you. Maybe I give the edge well, to and, Casey Affleck. And you know what? And it it really can't go unsaid that maybe Casey Affleck's personal what you call it, tabloid headlines, I guess you could put it that way, could catch up with him with some voters. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. And also because the, the voters are all members of the Academy. And so anyway, a lot of actors, a lot of producers, a lot of actresses yeah. would vote. And if you're not familiar with it, he has been accused uh, of, of sexual harassment on the set of a film that he was directing uh, by two people that very credible. He settled out of court. It looks very ugly. And, you know, I remember thinking to myself, I am such a fan of his that that was really, I, I was really, really sorry to hear, like, just really disappointed oh, yeah. and upset by that. You hate hearing about that, but, again, that's um, that's something that the voters will decide for themselves. Right. But when but the performance, you can't you can't. Oh, you can't that. deny the performance. He was magnificent. Either Flawless. one. Either one. Flawless. So, uh, either Denzel or Casey Affleck, both, I would say, are, are deserving it. But if you had to pin me down right now, I might change my mind in five minutes. Right. But right but, now, uh, I, think I would I'd say with you, Casey, Casey Affleck. Affleck for best actor, but with Denzel right there. And, and best uh, director, pretty much hand in hand with best film. And all the momentum is going to Damien Chazelle for La La Land right now. And when you see that movie, it's such a director's it picture. Is. It is. Oh. It is. You know, and it's, it's it, and especially in recent years even, you don't always get the best picture and best director go to the same no. film. But in this case, um, for one thing, as I said before, I don't think it was that strong a year. And and he, I think the, the biggest front runner is, I don't think any of these movies made much money. Mm. I don't think any of these films Hidden were figures all did. that popular. It has in the end made, but... It's it it didn't make Rogue One money. Well, no, right? I mean, it made more money than the rest of these, but I don't think it. I mean, it. So what I'm saying is, it's it's popular among this crop. It's a popular film. It's an enjoyable film. It, it it's a Hollywood oh, film. Yeah. Um, but also, as you say, in terms of the the director, it's the one movie in here where you're amazed by what you're looking at, and it's a feat of direction. That yeah. opening dance yeah. sequence and. The color and the use of music, I mean, it, it really is. It, it is a feat of direction. And it's amazing to think how young he is, and it's only his I second know. movie. And he looks like he's 12. He does. Uh, and it's it's a movie that could have so easily gone so wrong. Oh, yes, absolutely. And it, and it doesn't. This type of movie. So uh, I would definitely say that uh, Damien Chazelle should win and will win Best Director. And moving on to Best Picture, it's kind of the same thing. La La Land right at the top. I think right now it's... It seems to be a two-horse race, and not only for me personally, but for the award. I think it is, it's, it is interesting. I don't think it happens that often that the two that are likeliest to win are our favorite. Now, my my favorite favorite is 
dead ass last <laughs> in Vegas polling for the winner. That aside, Hell or High Water, right? One and two a great are movie. my two and three. So <laughs> Hell or High Water still is a great, great movie, and it's high for me, high on my list. But my, as I've said before, my favorite movie of the year was La La Land. I thought the best movie of the year was Moonlight, right. and they are one and two, one and two right here. And I think that if it was me, I would say Moonlight deserves it by a hair, should win. Yeah. But I think La La Land is going to win. And I it's not a lock, but I would be pretty darn surprised if it doesn't. Yeah, this is another one. You know, we agree on a lot of things, uh, but I don't think we always agree on our Oscar picks. In fact, I know last year we did two separate Oscar <laughs> That's right. pick we did. features because we, did. we disagreed so much. Yeah. We did two separate top ten lists as well. Like, yeah. Oh, we did this year too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the point is, weirdly enough, I agree with you. I definitely think La La Land is, is uh, the most likely winner, but... But again, as much as I absolutely loved Hell or High Water, it was my favorite movie of the year, I think I would have to say Moonlight may have been a better film, mm-hmm. in certain ways anyway. Although I, I do say if there's... I'd like to see it win. I would like to see I, Moonlight I, I would win. too. I would too. Um, well, if there's going to be a spoiler, if there's going to be a Shakespeare in Love, it's going to be Hidden Figures. And that when I saw it win Best Ensemble, at the SAG Awards. That's always, yeah, that's always it's a, a bit of a telltale. If you, if you don't know, it's because there is so much overlap in the voting pool between the Academy and the Screen Actors Guild. So a lot of times, more than more than any of the other awards, far more than, say, Golden Globes, the Screen Actors Guild is a better predictor of Oscar for that reason. Now, it's, it's not a lock by any, by any stretch, but I agree with you. Um, and, and the year, the big surprise year when Crash... One best picture, uh, and the, uh, and I know, and strong money was on Breakback, Brokeback Mountain, mm-hmm. but Crash won. Crash had one best ensemble from the Screen Actors Guild. Yeah. So it's it's it can be a predictor, and and again, I, as we mentioned, it's really the only film that made a lot of money this year. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to happen, but if there is to be a spoiler, I think that would be the one. Could be. And every time I talk about Hidden Figures, I have to say it's not that I'm th- saying no, it's a bad movie. It. Enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. We just, thought it was a very good movie. You know, the same with Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. It's a fine film. Although, just not in no, the same Hacksaw league. Ridge isn't as good as, as, as Hidden Figures. Hacksaw Ridge doesn't deserve to have an Oscar nomination at all. Yeah, I, and I wouldn't have nominated Hidden Figures. There's at least three, four, five movies I'd oh, have yeah, put before. Absolutely. But anyway, it's a fine movie. But I think you're right. It's probably going to be La La Land, but Moonlight, that'd be fine with us. So we'll see Sunday night. Get your scorecards and popcorn handy. And we look forward to a big movie next week. A big movie next week. It's got a lot of anticipation and some great early reviews. I mean some great early reviews. These trailers, and, I have loved. And that I is, have loved the trailers. And it's Logan, the final, I guess. The Hugh Jackman has said it's the last one for him for Wolverine. Yeah, and, and another big change up. It's rated R. Yeah. So I know Deadpool was, but this is the first, you know, full-on X-Men, you know, to be rated R to really limit your audience all right um and uh and you can already tell from the trailer that they they're going full in for this one yeah so look forward to that we'll be talking about that next week so let us know what you think about these movies the oscar nominations or after the telecast the oscar wins did we get it way wrong what do you think keep the conversation going easy to do that on twitter we're at mad wolf m-a-d-d-w-o-l-f also on facebook we're mad wolf columbus and uh the main website for all of our written reviews and other fun stuff is madwolf.com so we look forward to that happy oscar sunday and until next week i'm george wolf and i'm hope madden and this is the screening room podcast see ya i do wish we could chat longer but i'm having an old friend for dinner